And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Breaking news from The Athletic. This headline podcast is presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Thanks for joining our breaking news coverage. I'm Bruce Feldman, joined as always by my colleague from The Athletic, Stuart Mandel. Stu, we got pretty big news. We've talked a lot about expansion. You and colleague Andy Staples had reported back in April about the expectation that there might be a 12-team playoff. What is the latest? The latest is that this is moving even faster than we expected. Uh, We knew that the commissioners were meeting in person in Chicago late next week. And at that point, the subgroup of Jack Swarbrick, the Notre Dame AD, uh, Bob Bowlesby from the Big 12, Greg Sankey from the SEC, and Craig Thompson from the Mountain West was expected to present their recommendation to the larger group that ended up happening today as we're recording this on Thursday. Um, As Nicole Auerbach confirmed, it is officially the recommendation of that working group that the playoff moved to 12 teams. And an interesting wrinkle, we always thought it would be Power 5 automatic berths plus a group one for the highest ranked group of five champ. But at least their recommendation, and it's just a recommendation, would be to just say six highest ranked conference champions, which means theoretically, if two group of five champs finished higher than the Pac-12 or the ACC champ, then uh, then they would get it too, which is a, you know, if that's true, I to me, the most dramatic thing of the whole thing is what that does for the group of five after all these years of not having any real access to have possibly have access for more than one. Yeah, I mean, look, it, I don't think it necessarily has to be an 8-5 and five conference champ that wins. I mean, we've seen plenty of examples where you could have a team that is that is 9-4. I don't think you'd have an 8-3, and three, or I guess it would be a 9-3 and three team, or even a 10-3 and three team at that point. Um, but we've seen some examples in recent years, especially if it's a group of five that's undefeated, that they could, that there could be multiple ones that could be above them. Anyway, I'm sure this is all very, feels very abrupt and very jarring because before that press release in late April, there was really no inkling. Like we knew they've been talking about it for a long time, but there was no inkling that anything was imminent. And it went so quickly from, hey, we've been working on this for a while now and we're talking about not just eight, but 10, 12, 16, to now we have this recommendation which is, again, from a subgroup of the of four, three commissioners and an AD. Now the larger group of commissioners, all the FBS commissioners, have to reach a consensus, and then, and then they have to get it approved by the presidents. Is that all going to happen in the span of the next two weeks? Not sure, but it's been trending this way for a while, and people are like, wait, what? I thought we were going eight teams. What happened? What happened is the SEC, through its support behind 12, because... If the SEC, if you're going to expand the playoff, there's no incentive for the Big Ten, the Big any of the other conferences to agree to a system that just goes from four best to eight best with no guarantees of access for anybody. 
And the SEC, and I had never really thought about this until recently, why would they agree to an eight-team playoff where there's only two at-large berths, right? Because, you know, in a lot of years, they would have been able to claim three of the top eight or four. Um, So 12 teams has six at-larges. And who knows? The SEC, Andy Staples ran the numbers. Wow, there was one year, I think 2012, where they would have had five of the top 12. Well, look at it this way in terms of the the kind of wrinkle in this that a lot of us didn't expect, which was that you could have the potential for maybe two uh, group of five teams in there. The SEC is in essentially no danger of having its uh, champion be lower ranked. I mean, that is right now, essentially, it's probably a Pac-12 and potentially maybe a Big Twelve concern, but it's no, but it's it's not a SEC concern at all. So, if you're Greg Sankey, you're looking to say, hey, we can get four teams in here, um, probably realistically often, then it makes sense. Now, one of the people I talked to had made the case, you know, on how quickly can they turn this around because the contract isn't supposed to expire anytime that soon. But what I was told was. You know, given the last year and how everything unfolded, everything is on the table and they do not want to leave money on the table. So what do you expect them to do on that front? I think that's to be determined. Basically, your two scenarios are we go another five years in the current system and when this contract's up, they take a 12-team playoff to the market. And that, if you're maximizing for revenue, that's the way to do it. You want multiple bidders. You want Fox to try to get in on it, et cetera. But we're, we're, you know, by all indications, the impetus for all this is that it's growing stale, that the same teams are going over and over and over again. If that's the case, do you really want to risk another five years of that and the damage that might do to interest in the playoff and in the sport? And so if you rip it up early, the logical start date would be 2023. Not this season, not next season, but the season after Why is that. Why a logical start when, date in 2023 instead of 2020? Because of the rotation of the playoff bowls, how they rotate every three years. Uh, 2023 would be the start of the last rotation. So you'd be coming in clean in terms of um, all six of those bowls have hosted an equal So you're still time. giving it's some preferential just, treatment to the bowls, though. It's also just hard to turn something around like that that quickly. They're going to have to... I mean, if they're going to do it early, then ESPN is going to be the exclusive. You know, they have the right to 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 extend it, and that's going to be a very complex negotiation. I don't think you can turn that around and suddenly be doing this in even as soon as next season. When they went to four teams, it came out in the they decided that in the summer of 2012, and it started in the fall of 2014. So, I'm just saying realistically, that's the soonest, and they're just going to have to decide: Are we maximizing for revenue? Or are we maximizing for what we think is healthiest for the sport? Um, I don't think you come out and announce something like this today in 2021 and then come back a month later and say, yeah, but you're going to go through another five years of the current thing. I think once you've put that on out there for people, it behooves you to uh, to get it going as soon as possible. Okay. Lots of exciting stuff. How do you feel about it? Well, I, I'll be honest, before late April, I never considered that this was even remotely a possibility. I'd never entertained the idea of a 12-team playoff. I think, frankly, I thought they'll go to eight, and then a few years after that, they'll go to 16. But it actually does make a lot of sense um, in terms of making sure every part of the country feels like they've got a, 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 an opportunity. 
Um, and an, and an investment in college football for the for that. I feel like it's not just an opportunity, but where you get into okay, we're in November and these games don't matter for this whole region or this whole conference. Correct. Now, obviously, this is a dramatic transformation from the entire history of the sport, where what made the college football regular season so great for many people was the stakes of any one individual game, that one game could knock you out. And that's just not going to be the case anymore, uh, maybe up until at least the conference championship games. And that's much, it's much going to be much more like the NFL, right? Where at the, at the end of the NFL season, it's not about the Patriots or whoever, uh, the Chiefs, whoever is like 12 and 4. They're in. Uh, it's like who's going to get the last spot? Who's going to get the wild card spot? And frankly, those teams often aren't very good. And uh, I think that'll be the case with some of the teams that are up for number twelve. But more game, many more games, just number of games that have national ramifications. I mean, it's basically any team in the country that still has a chance at their conference championship will matter uh, right up until the end. And then obviously the teams that still have. A shot at the at-large. And I think a cool thing about 12 teams as opposed to eight is that there's something, there's in, there's some sort of incentive for everybody going to that last weekend. Even number one undefeated Alabama, you're playing for a first-round bye. The top four teams are playing to get a first-round bye. Five through eight are playing to host home field in that first round. Um, and then obviously eight through 12 are just trying to get into the playoff. Yeah, I, I think, look, I, I think there'll be some comparisons made to to uh, to the NFL. I mean, realistically, you do have some, you know, there was a Giants team that was 9-7 and seven that won the Super Bowl 10 years ago. Uh, there was a Ravens team right after that was 10 and that had six losses. So I don't think it's quite that same degree. But, but quite honestly, Stu, you know I've talked about this offline. There is a lot of... Um, there's a lot of feeling of just like what you're conditioned to, right? And I feel like, you know, for a while we've been conditioned to that's just how the NFL is from week to week. And you just kind of ride it out in a different way. And whereas the, the college season seems to be building towards the end in a different way. And I think we'll adjust. I mean, some people may not like it, but I think we will definitely adjust to it as such. You always, everybody always adjusts. And, um, Look, I mean, there's going to be, there's not going to be nine and seven teams, but there's going to be nine and three teams. There might be, I don't know, if a team loses in the conference, they might be nine and four. Uh, and that's a team that through the entire history of the sport would not even be remotely thought of as a team that should play, have a shot to play for the national title. I don't think a team like that's going to win the national title unless it's like, like let's say Alabama last year. Uh, Mac Jones got hurt for a few games halfway through the season and they lost a couple games, but they managed to finish 12th and, uh, and now he's back and they're at full strength. I guess a team like that could pull it off, but for the most part, you know, if you're just good, but not great, it's not realistic in college football that you're going to get, you would have to win four straight games to win the national championship. Stu, to me, the team that is the most of the wild cards and how they fit is actually as much as Clay Helton gets railed upon, in uh, especially in Southern California, that team that started with Max Brown the beginning of the year and they got blown out by Alabama in in Arlington, six, 52 to six, and they opened one and three, but that was the beginning of Sam Darnold. So they finished the year 
on a roll, and their offense was really dynamic, and they blew out Notre Dame, and they finished the year number 12 coming into the season. So they would have made it um, into the 12, but and they ended up beating a Penn State in a great game. I would have given them a chance to be, to win the playoff at that point. That's a great example. That's a team that, um, I mean, the entire history of college football, we've placed an emphasis on you have to be the best team over the course of the whole season. We're trying to figure out who was the best team in college football in a given season. USC, if they had pulled that off, was the best team over the last two months of the season. You know, they were the team that got hot at the end. And that's not something that we've ever really entertained in college football. We have in every other sport. Every other sport acknowledges that. I mean, the Tampa Bay Bucks last year, right? Where they were uh, 10 and 6, 11 and 5. They were not one of the dominant teams of the season, but they came together at the end and they won. And there was nobody, you know, we just accept that that happens in the NFL. Nobody says like, oh, they were a fraud. They shouldn't have. They shouldn't have gotten in in the first place. That probably will be the reaction at first with college football, and then it'll become normalized. Yeah, I mean, and and look, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, they'll get a lot of this stuff ironed out sooner than later. I, as you said, I think feel like they are they are moving quickly because for a lot of factors, as we we got into. Go to the athletics headlines section for much more on this story and to hear more. Ask your Google Assistant to play news from The Athletic. You can also visit theathletic.com slash headline pod to join for just $3.99 per month. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.